It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Oops, sorry. From the Third Coast International Audio Festival and Chicago Public Radio, I'm Delaney Hall, filling in for Gwen Maxi, and this is ReSound. My piano lessons were every Thursday, and they were immediately after this four-year-old who could play like everything. While she played, I would always get there just a little bit early. She would suck on a pacifier as she played Bach. ReSound is a remix of music, documentaries, found sound, sound bites, and audible flotsam and jetsam we find all over the world. We trawl the airwaves and the internet, gathering up the good stuff and spinning it all together for you each week on ReSound. So I was just beginning to play. And um, the piano teacher would sit next to me, look out the window and cry. <laughs> and I thought it was because I was so horrible. But later I found out she was going through a divorce and so she was very sad. In this hour, stories of music and musicians, amateurs, experts, and everything in between. When you think of libraries, you don't think of noise. Libraries are quiet places. They're full of tiny, subtle sounds. Pages turning, fingers tapping on computer keyboards, nothing much louder than a librarian stamping a book during checkout. But the public library in Portland, Maine, defies this stereotype of the library as a hushed sanctuary. In addition to books, the library has a public piano, which draws people from all over the city who want to hang out in the practice room and play. Producer Elizabeth Chur spent some time at the library and created this story called Sounds of Democracy. My name's Ian Michelle. I live in Portland, Maine. I love playing this piano. This Hamilton built by Baldwin at the public library, it's nice, it's great. I just wandered down here one day looking through the movies at the library and I noticed a little closet with a piano. My name is Judy Wenzel, and when we moved into this library, I was in charge of the art and audiovisual department. You know, music is a real outlet for a lot of people. It's a way that people can be more creative and express their emotions. When we thought that we're going to move into this big space, let's put some things in it that are good for the public, it just made sense, I think, to have a piano because people just didn't have access to a piano. My name is Martin Haggerty. 
It is a very good thing for the library to open up a piano room. There was a time that I had to save my pennies to get my own piano. I'm Linda Joyce Rich. No, I've actually never owned a piano. We moved back to Maine in 1980, and uh, the library was the closest piano to practice, and my kids liked to sit there and read books, so I'd go practice the piano. It's a nice practice room with soundproofing, and anyone can go in and practice one hour at a time. My name is Tom Wilsbach, and I'm the arts librarian at Portland Public Library. We have a policy now of sharing the piano because we had a fellow who would come in first thing in the morning and he would stay pretty much all day. He would get up to a certain point in the piece, make a mistake, stop, utter a profanity, and begin again. <laughs> it was torture. I'm a University of Southern Maine student, so I could go all the way out to Gorham and play there, but usually don't feel like the half an hour of driving and half an hour of coming back. I play guitar, that's my main instrument, and I sing, but the piano is probably one of the best compositional tools there is. I think as a songwriter, it's important to learn how to use it. The piano is really a, a limitless instrument. It's kind of the boss of all instruments. There's nothing wrong with a flute, a guitar, but a piano, it's like right there in front of you. It's like 31 flavors. My name is Christopher Keister. Cray Malik. And I, and I don't really know how to play the piano. But I mean, anyone can play it. That's what's so That's great about true. the instrument. <laughs> It's really just a treat. <laughs> <laughs> this is my favorite note. I can play that note forever. G sharp, there's something about it. Totally sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I fell in love with Chopin. He just seemed so pained out, yet so romantic at the same time. Through my life, I have had to battle depression. In fact, I have bipolar disorder. That kind of depression really sucks you into a very dark corner. I developed a mental illness back in 1980-something, and that's maybe what I was trying to do when I was searching for the different music, I was trying to connect to something that was pure and untouched, because mental illness is the most difficult thing I've had to face. I feel like there's stuff to channel because a lot of feelings that I have that I can't express in words or talk about, I could express in piano. It's my soul. I love music. It is a total release because you sort of forget everything else. They say I was born singing. Go to school, and on the way to school, I'd be singing. When I was a little boy, my father died. I was seven years old, and he was 39. And I can remember 
going to church at the St. John Catholic Church in South Portland. And I loved the music. That's what I got out of church. Daddy Sing Bass, it's a Johnny Cash song. I never had my dad, so when I played these songs and I start singing along with them, it brings me a certain peace of mind. And my dad is there. I know he's there. He's in heaven. I think back in the 70s, a lot of librarians were feeling that libraries were areas that could really affect social change. I think it's one of the most democratic institutions, really. A lot of times political parties try to claim that they're American over the next guy, and God Bless America isn't just about stiff shirts. It's about the little people, like the immigrants, and people like myself with mental illness. I don't know if we'd be able to make it in another country. Everyone should have a right to the music that they like. That's what free speech is. The thing about a library, you can really explore not just piano, everything else. That's it. Thank you for listening. That was Sounds of Democracy by Elizabeth Chur. She produced the story when she was a student at the Salt Institute for Documentary Studies in Portland, Maine. To hear dozens of captivating stories about music that we've gathered over the years, check out thirdcoastfestival.org. Thank you for listening. You're listening to ReSound from the Third Coast Festival. I'm Delaney Hall, filling in for Gwen Maxi, who's off gathering sound in New Zealand. At least that's what she says she's doing. Next, a story about a place that's much harder to get into than the music room at the Portland Public Library. The Victorian College of the Arts School of Music, one of Australia's most well-respected and exclusive conservatories. Every year, some of Australia's most driven young musicians compete for a few spots in the program. Radio producer Kyla Bredel went to the VCA to study oboe, flute, and piano. Remembering vividly the drama of the application process, she decided to follow a few students through their auditions. The amazing thing about this story is just how close Kyla gets to the whole process. It's full of murmured conversations, overheard phone calls, and anxious intrigue. Here's the audition, Into the School of Music. School of Music, this is Yvonne. Can I help you there? I'm Administration Assistant. I organise auditions at the VCA School of Music. I'm wondering if I could have a look at my file and see if I can get some results. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are you? Well, you? Yeah, not too bad. I'm Ashley. This is Jeff. Hi. Hello. Okay. What are you applying for as well? Um, the first thing I applied for you is my funny valentine. My name is Jeff Hughes. I'm a guitar player. And my role here is lecturer. Myself and Ashley Cross are, are auditioning guitarists, of which there's always many. And between us, we've auditioned hundreds of people. So um, the results are possibly yes, maybe, or no. And 
Yeah. Um, you probably do know that we're outnumbered. It's essentially what happens is an auditionee will walk in, set up their equipment. We get 10 minutes of playing and then we interview people for 10 minutes. So you can see that we have a lot to work out in a short time. Do you know your scales, Lily? Yeah, I do. You're pretty cool with your scales. Yeah, very cool with my scales and my theory. Yeah. Could, could you tell me what notes are in a, um, a B, a Lachlan natural two scale? In the end, we get the, all the, the names together, we get all our comments together and we put them in the box and go, okay, where does everybody stand in relation to each other? Okay. Any right. hints of how I went? Yeah. Uh, cool. We have to hear uh, uh, a fair oh, number oh, of people, a lot more. Yeah. And um, we are looking for uh, first of all potential. We're looking first and foremost for a good instrument. I think if someone's got a great sound and great feel, then they're kind of a fair way down the path, I reckon. But of course, the performance has to be at a certain level to start the tertiary course here technical elements that we would expect them to have by that time, such as correct hand position. The way they shape a line. Accurate rhythm. The way they phrase. Good sense of pitch. The way they use space and treat the form. Attitude to learn instrument, whether they're prepared to dedicate their time and work hard to achieve their potential. Is that as loud as that goes? Um, turn, yeah. Turn it up a bit more. Oh, it'll be louder in this one. Okay. One of the things I'm always really looking for is musicality and a sense of uh, self-expression in the playing. Creativity slash discipline. The two words should always appear together. Always, in my opinion. Real performers sometimes are, are not just good players, they're a whole personality that goes with the playing. Other people are more introspective. In a sense, the question you're asking is like, what is talent? Because that's something that's really difficult to teach. A person either seems to have that quality or not. So I look for that. Quite by Yo-Yo Ma. You know, when he was at college and there were these really amazing players there, some of them weren't the ones that went on and became great. Very often, it was the ones that had the fire in the belly, and they just work like mad. That's it. That's it. That's it. You're yeah. done. We've got a couple of days worth of people to hear, so yeah, it's just the numbers going. Yeah. yeah, and we have limited intake. Yeah, that's good just, because just just the way you've got to keep numbers down, especially with guitarists. It's, you know, there's, there's so many. <laughs> But there's more to it. It's an absolute desire to express oneself through music. If you have nothing to say, don't even think of it. I think if someone's not called to their instrument and they're not called to be a musician, then no, they've missed their calling, they're calling somewhere else. And if you see or you discover that that commitment and that passion is not there, then it's not going to work for that particular student. On the other hand, a student who's mad keen and it's, it's, has all these ingredients but doesn't have the talent, it's also not going to work. So it's a very, quite a rare combination that we're really looking for. Oi. 
Did you just have yours then? Yeah. How'd you go? Yeah, I think it went alright. Yeah. yeah, like I played well, but it, I, the sight reading, I made a couple of mistakes, just couldn't get the sight reading. Yeah, and he, Alex was like, we don't know how many spots we get, sometimes we have six, sometimes we have five, four, I was like, I don't know, blah, blah, blah. And I was, I, was just, I was like, you know, this is what I want to do, I'm going to keep going to do it. And he's like, yeah, good, 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 yeah. let you know in a couple of weeks. But um, I'm just glad it's over. Yeah. Anyway. It's a really complicated like process, like we're sometimes we're dealing with 500 applicants. Then how many places are there? 130 places across all the instruments. That's only an estimate. If we get a lot of good applicants, there'll be a lot more full fee paying places on offer, but we only get a particular amount of hex places that we are given by the government. I think, oh, I think you'd have to be mad not to dream about being a soloist because it's, it would be such an amazing thing to do. I mean, it would be such a huge buzz. I really, it's really great because I've got these windows and I always look out into the street and it's fun to see people walk by and sometimes little children stop to listen to the practising, which is really nice, I think. It, you know, I've got big dreams and I'm a bit embarrassed to tell them to people because they're so big. Okay, so it's in here, my room. I'll just turn the light on. Get my violin out. I'm going to be playing the, the first movement of the Brook Concerto in G minor by um, Max. My name is Sophie de Tempra and I play the violin and I'm auditioning for the Melbourne Conservatorium and the um, VCA. Which is really challenging. <laughs> it's a very hard piece to play and I haven't actually played A lot of people would say, you know, don't you have any backups or two's not much, you know, what if you don't get in? Thinking about being able to study music at the VCA is just like the lucky few. And I'm going to play a Kreutzer study and also some scales. It's Sunday today and my audition's like eight days away. So, yeah, getting a bit nervous. Now, okay, so the next person is... Oh, um, how do you say that? Pu Yu? Pu Yu. Oh, sorry, Pu Yu, yeah. Pu Yu. Pu Yu. Oh, it's Donna. Do you know Donna, her name is. My name's Eve Newsom, and I'm a lecturer in Woodwind and I play the oboe, the coranglay and the demore and basically I've been teaching here for about 18 years. What brings you to audition for the VCA? Because I wish to become a good performer one day in the future, yeah. Very good reason. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the only things I want to do for the rest of my life. I uh -huh. don't do, want to do anything other than just playing the oboe. Uh -huh. uh -huh. yeah. They always say that, I'd like to be a performer, a solo performer. We don't get students coming and saying, I want to be a flute teacher. You know, it's a dream basically, it's a dream for the person. And they're coming here and sort of opening themselves up and spreading it out all on, on the table, so to speak, in front of you. Okay, thank you. Thanks, Donna. <clears throat> I'm going to give you a bit of sight reading now. Yeah, she's just unbelievably keen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When I taught her, I couldn't believe it myself. Yeah, that's great. Mm. Hey, Glenn. How are you? Good. He's playing all the things in some of my press at the. Uh, okay, in that, in that order. 
I don't mind if students want to be soloists. And I think, you know, when I was young, I had, you always have, you know, dreams about what you might do. And I think those dreams, what keeps you going and makes you be the best you can be. And um, realistically, gradually, it becomes obvious to a person if they can or can't be a soloist. Sorry, Glenn. <laughs> we stop everybody. No it's horrible. But we... <laughs> Whatever people perceive as the rewards of studying music, the only reward in the end is music. The ex-dean here, Tony Gould, used to say that it was a beautiful way to live. It is a beautiful way to live, but in that statement lies the fact that it's a way of life and that if you're not engaged in it as part of your life, Anything else is a red herring. It's good. Yeah. Okay. All right, so it'll be a couple of weeks, Glenn. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. seeing you next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See you later. We're done, aren't we? Lunch. Uh, lunch. What does it take to become a working musician? you just got to be on a path of mastery. <laughs> it's that simple, I think. And you just keep doing it until certain things manifest themselves in your playing, and then you can do them where you couldn't do them before. I, I, I kind of think it's that simple. You know, I sort of tell this to students. I say, you know, like it's say Friday night. There's the practice room. There's the DVD player, and someone's just gone out to get some stubbies and a pizza. What's it going to be? DVD, stubby and pizza, or the practice room. Most people just fall foul of the DVD player. As soon as you walk into the practice room, I mean, your demons just come out and start to chastise you. <laughs> it's, it's full on. Any journey of mastery is like that. You've got to face these bloody demons day in, day out. I don't think we talk enough about demons in our society, generally. We don't talk enough about mastery, either. It's a difficult age to be working hard and to want to be a musician. Most 18-year-olds want to be out there, you know, going out and having a good time and hanging out with friends and doing all that sort of stuff. I guess for me, I'm on a different sort of page from all the other people my age because I've really made the decision that this is absolutely what I want to do. And you know, the last couple of years I've been working really hard and putting in four to five hours of practice a day, good solid practice. You know, I want, I want what I want really badly and I want to be really good really badly. We're on St Kilda Road, outside the VCA. Well, I've got three days to my audition, so it's very soon. And um, we are about to go into the VCA to have a rehearsal with my piano accompanist. I only got four hours sleep last night. I was really, I got up at like four this morning, because I couldn't sleep, so I started practicing at 5.30.
scattered. I feel a bit scattered in my head. <laughs> a bit crazy. I don't know, I guess because I haven't met this accompanist and so I was just really nervous about it and I feel like I'm not, I don't know. I'm so used to my normal accompanist, so. Yeah, but hopefully it'll go all right. <laughs> Yes, that's it. Nothing more. Let's go and just repeat and repeat. If you would like to I have that place. Yes? Slow. Yeah, okay, cool. Is that the right speed? Okay. It's the right choose your own okay. speed. Right. I just would like to show you how you have to be with officer. how the last few days been? Oh, really stressful because um, I feel like I have to do a lot of practice, but feel like I'm sort of just only going to be able to make it until the audition. Katrina? Hello. Hello, how are you? My name's Katrina Durnley and I'm 25 years old, auditioning on the violin. I do have a problem where I, I feel a lot of pressure and stress. Yeah, it really scares me sometimes um, and I get very nervous when I perform. So overcoming that would be the greatest goal that I could achieve. From the moment they walk in, you can tell, you recognise the tension, you know, because they might be visually, you can see that they're quite shaky. And of course, with a bow in your hand and drawing, you know, a slow bow from the beginning of a down bow to the end of a down bow, Strange things can happen. Things start to bounce. Um, <laughs> is it the first time auditioning um, since yeah, long, yeah, time? Oh, long time? Long time. Long time, yeah. It's I, I've, I had about four years off after mm. I finished all of my, my gradings and mm. I'm getting right back into it and that's my first performance so I'm extremely nervous. So you didn't play at all while you were doing No, not really. No. I did my VCE music and after I left school I just decided that I wanted to work a bit and experience some things. Um, and then over the last year I... My life was just consumed with music and I think I didn't want any more of that. I did want to give it up but I had enough of it. It was just too much after a while. I was sick of it. I was sick of the pressure, sick of the competitiveness of it all and the criticism also. That you're never you're never really good enough. And how do you feel about yourself amongst 17, 18 years old? Compared to my age. 
I mean, they're kids yeah, in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Are you comfortable with that? For sure. If you want to be a musician, you really, you have to find out whether you want to be that right now because you can't really waste any time. Physically, it's important to really use the time now and not in another 10 years. I just felt that I needed that time to mature mm -hmm. and to really know what I wanted. Mm -hmm. So this is what I want now. I really love music. I um, went to a, I just a concert to see Nigel Kennedy and I had a bit of an awakening. Something just grabbed me inside that, that says, hey, you, you could have had that or you could be doing that now. And I thought, well, I'll give it a go again. If it takes me somewhere, it does. If not, at least I know that I've tried. Thank you. Thank you. Take I'm a very big breath. No, it's okay. Very nervous. <laughs> it's only us. I actually do my study now. Yeah, sure. sure. Take your time. And we're conscious of the fact that the students will be nervous. However, to be a musician, you need to cope with a lot of stress. It's a stressful profession. So we're looking at that. How are they coping with this level of stress that they're under today? Because it sort of sets the scene a little bit for how they might cope in the future. So on the one hand, we understand. On the other hand, we're not setting out to reduce the natural stress that goes with the process. And we're always sort of give them time to warm up and do the things that would help them to play well. But you can't actually take the, the stress away <laughs> from it. It's the worst audition I've ever done in my life. Yeah. Oh. That was bad. <laughs> that was absolutely... <clears throat> that was terrible. I... Yeah, I worked really, really hard at it and... fell in a bit of a heap. Well, Katrina is a bit... Look, she, she's um, a musical girl. Yeah, she is. Well, I got a bit uh, careful about this because she, she got really stressed out. So, bored. Yes. Bored I. Um, but, look, it's a good experience at the end of the day. If I don't get in, then that's a valuable experience, what I went through anyway, so it's worth it. It's worth it. So what do you think, Stephen? I think she's really extraordinary. Stunning. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I mean... A definite yes. Oh, yeah. Very, um, very impressive. I mean, just beautiful, impressive sounds. Mm. Well, I'm Anna Connolly and I'm Head of Voice here at the College. Oh, I didn't introduce you, Stephen, I'm sorry. I have introduced myself. Oh, good on you. Um, come and talk to us, Claire. So you're about to be 27 or you're about to be 26? 26. Oh, well, you're still 25. <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah, come on, guys.
Oh, gate one, perfect. And uh, still due at 8.45, so that's good. There's no plane out there yet, is there? 43, so you would think it's very close. My name's Ian Howarth, I'm Caitlin's uncle, and we're out at Tullamarine Airport because she's coming down here to do some auditions for the Victorian College of the Arts and the Melbourne Conservatory. Time is 8.45, the plane was due to arrive right now, so we're not too far away from seeing a new star. How are you? I'm good, how are you? You look different the last time I saw you. Not well, that's because I've, I've got old. You got less hair than last time, I'm sorry. You Dinner? Had, yeah. Yeah, I know, that's, uh, <laughs> that's a worry. I know. How was it, good trip? Oh, I'm so tired now. My name's Kaylin Howarth. I am 17. I've just finished high school. I live in Cairns in North Queensland. And I've just got back from my after-school adventure trip to Ellie Beach, which was pretty cool. <laughs> it was really good. When there was about school and sort of 50 of my friends. Like, I didn't really ever enjoy anything else besides music. So never having to do maths again is a good thing. And if I get accepted into uni, then I'll just be doing what I want to do all day, every day. And I think I'm going to be a lot happier, not having to worry about so many different things. Do you remember your first audition? Yes, I do actually. That would have been for the Queensland Conservatorium. And I remember I sang Voike Sapete from Le Nozze di Figaro by Mozart. And I just did my job, liked the piece, and I just did it. <laughs> quite innocent really. I didn't really have a sense of whether or not I would get in. I just assumed I would because I really like music and I want to learn singing. <laughs> yeah, arrogant in another way you could say. I don't think you should really worry about things. Just be confident about yourself and be confident that you know you can do well. I think nerves, for me, didn't come in for quite a few years. But I do remember a point in time where I did start to get nervous, and that was when I started to have serious doubts as to whether what I was singing was actually too hard for me. Up until that point, I was in a world of just making music and having a good time, I think. But eventually, the crunch does come at some stage where you doubt yourself. What do you think of that one, Stephen? Well, she is extraordinary. Certainly mm -hmm. the best one we've heard. Just outstanding. Since we've been here at the school. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. You do yeah. reckon since we've been here at the school yeah. is the best one? Yeah, absolutely. So is she a yes for you, Stephen? She then? would be a yes. Okay. <laughs> they don't have a definitely category, but if they did, they'd be circling that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. My goodness me. Okay, okay, now we have one other, I believe. We do, and her name is... Kaylin. Yeah, Kaylin Howarth. Queensland. Name. Oh, how old? 19, is it? Uh, no, 17. 
17. Oh my god. Fucking what's up? Ah, very good. Ich will dir mein Herz schenken. Is that that one? Yeah. My god. Hello, Kaylin. I'm Kaylin. Yeah, good to meet you. I'm Anna. Hello, Hello. Um, I don't know if you've set them. I just brought a CD along just in case. Oh, good on you. Fantastic. So where in Queensland are you from? I'm from Cairns, actually. <laughs> are you? Yes. Yes, yes. I'm a sort of next Queensland, are but you? a bit south of there. I think that a heavy dose of reality is needed, not to squash dreams, but to understand where you are and what you need to do in order to potentially get some of those dreams happening. And where I think a lot of people go wrong is that they live in the world of potential, but potential runs out has a use-by date of about 27 or 28 in this country, in the singing world, uh, which is going to be a lot older than the instrumental world. And problems also happen if people are only goal-oriented and not process-oriented. There is not room for everybody at the top level, but you can still make music beautifully in many, many different areas and it can be singing a lullaby for your child. And people will find their right place and it will feel right because it's not right for everybody to be a star at Covent Garden. It certainly would not have been right for me by any stretch of the imagination. I'm in the right world here. Well done. Thank you. Very stylish, actually. Could we have the Bach, please? So what's your gut feeling? Um, really good, actually. I think I went really, really good. Yeah. You can't really tell, I guess, until you find out, but they seemed really, really nice and really into me. They were smiling the whole time, so that was good. Hello, Graham. How are you? <laughs> hey, Dad, it's Kaylin. And how did you go? It was really good. And I'm really excited, actually. Good on you. Well done. I'm real pleased for you, darling. I mean, it's nice to see that you're a bit more chirpy because I know you were very disappointed previously. Yeah. So did, did they give you any indicators of how they felt? or? I think they were pretty impressed. Right. Uh, like after each song, they like congratulated me and said that it was really good. And... Oh, that's yes. Really good. And you've not had that elsewhere, have you? No, not really, no. I assumed I was going to be a diva on the stage at Covent Garden. I think if you had asked me at age 21 or, or said you're going to be a full-time teacher by the age of 45, I would have at that age thought that's a job for a loser. And I think it's the arrogance of youth. However, these days, obviously I think quite differently, I suppose I was in my early 30s and it was a strange sort of thing. I just kind of fell into teaching to support myself, had all intentions of doing the rounds of auditioning for the opera companies and somehow 
didn't get around to it for a couple of years and my singing teaching business got bigger and bigger and I started all of a sudden teaching professional singers and the world of performance took more of a background for me and I am completely engrossed in how to change sound for the better in a person. So I'm so glad to be able to let other people get horrifyingly nervous going on for their Metropolitan Opera debut. And I can sit back and be in the uh, wings, so to speak, vicariously living. <laughs> My name's Kaylin Howard and I auditioned for Classical Voice and I got my letter yesterday and it told me that I didn't get in to the, to the Bachelor of Music, which was the program that I wanted to get into. I haven't actually read it, read it myself yet because my mum called me while I was at work and told me. I was disappointed because I felt so confident about it, like they seemed to be really interested in me and then they just said no. So. <laughs> That was kind of a bit disheartening. <laughs> Things work out just fine in the end. And if somebody's worried about whether or not they get into the College of the Arts, that it's a, just a drop in the ocean of your life. It doesn't matter. You just learn from it and you go on. There were a few little things not going right, you know, on Sunday and I was just... I don't know. I don't know. I just was, yeah, I think I, so, yeah, yeah, the rough day. <laughs> yeah, I think I was just really stressed out and I, I was sort of at the end of my tether. I didn't, I actually, I've been seeing a psychologist and I called her up and, and she, she wasn't answering so I called my mum's friend and she was like, okay, I'm just going to give me the number of Well, I'm Lana, Sophie's godmother and someone that she calls when she feels like she's in trouble. So she called me very distressed, not feeling well, saying that she had what sounded to me like a migraine and that she was very concerned because she needed to prepare for her audition tomorrow. But really the thing that she needed to do most was rest herself. Otherwise there wasn't going to be an audition tomorrow. I made the decision last year at the beginning of VCE that music was going to be my number one priority to the point where I was wagging to go home and practice and you know I was missing out on a lot of school because I'd get really anxious about going and stuff like that and, and I think having that mindset is probably quite dangerous because that had some bad side effects. I got sort of obsessive about things and just didn't, wasn't handling things very well and was finding sort of being around people harder and harder and so yeah I was seeing, I, well I have been seeing a counsellor because of all that sort of stuff. Does it concern you at all as someone who's really close to Sophie the sort of stress that she'll be under with the audition? Yes, so I'm concerned about that, but um, I think she knows this is part of, part of what she wants too, to get through this. So. And she has, she's got through all of it. This is just, you know, one more step. 
towards next year, really. And how long is it until you have to play? Hmm, let's see, what's the time? Crap, I'll have to play in like three minutes. <laughs> oh my God. All right, I'll just get my stuff anyway. Am I the next one? I must be the next one. Where is it? I really hope they don't ask me for my scale. Because <laughs> it's really bad. Where, um, in the sort of front foyery bit of where the auditions are being held. Um, just waiting. Yeah, Sophie. Yeah, hello, Elena. Hi, Sophie. How are you? audition the this year? Well, I definitely want to be a musician mm. and um, thought that, you know, obviously it'd be a really good place to come and, yeah, I know I've got a really long way to go because obviously it's a really hard thing to get into but, yeah, mm -hmm. committed and... Mm. Yeah. Mm. It's great. A lot of aspirations, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Sophie, just a few lines of the... the yeah. Um, Stephanie? Yes? It's Sophie. Yeah, I just came out from doing it. Yeah, you happy? Yeah, I think so. I, I stopped, I lost my spot once in the Siciliano. Stopping once doesn't matter. I stopped for a while, I was trying to find my spot and they didn't tell me to stop. I was, I was so sure they were going to go, okay, stop. Okay, and what about in the study? I only did a few bars of that and I didn't do any scales, which is good. Well, we yeah, yes, that was good. You happy? Yeah, I think so. Next one. Shall we just have a look yes, at... Yes, uh, let's have a little check. Now we are choosing, selecting the one that we want to accept. It's the definite yeses and noes, that's easy. But it's the one, the borderline cases, and some, in, and some of them, you'd like to give them the, den the benefit of the doubt because it can either work out in that first year or not. So that's what we're trying to work out at the moment. I'm a bit wary about taking on the borderline. It seems to have creates a lot of problems. It's interesting because we know a few people applying who are in their mid-twenties or past mid-twenties. Suddenly they've decided that music is their passion. You know, it's not the ideal age to start a course. So you are... But if I base it purely on the playing, if, if, if it's a yes, then I think Katrina has to be a yes as well. But... If we look at the number, and we can't really, uh, in relation to the quota, um. we have to actually chop something, then I would start with these three. Mm. 
had to choose. Yeah, I find it all a bit arbitrary. The, 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 it's so hard to make these decisions because between those three, well, I find it yeah, very arbitrary. But anyway. One of the things that I'm interested in this is this idea of the quixoticness of life, of the adventitiousness of things, and that yes, you've got to be talented, and yes, you've got to work really hard, but sometimes it's also a matter of right time and right place and right person likes your style or... Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. I think that's totally true. And just looking back on your life, what can you see of those little turning points that ended up... Oh, I can see lots and lots of moments. I can see, yeah, all along the way, regularly things were happening or seemed to be almost fortuitously happening, you know, almost just, oh, gee, wow, thanks, you know. But then when you look at it, in retrospect, you can also see, yeah, but I was actually prepared at that time. I had actually done something to make that happen. So it's a matter of work connecting with opportunity that basically gives you your step up, if you like. But it is interesting when you look at people who've been successful and you see how many things sort of fell into place for them. You know, it seems that way looking at it because it's not that simple. I think that's pretty much that's decided, it. yes? Yes. Yeah. Well, you can have the fun of sorting it all out now. Yeah. <laughs> I have to talk to Jonty tomorrow. And basically, I would tell him we want these numbers. I hope he will accept the whole. <laughs> yeah. Better let me get the right piece of paper out for good old Martin. I'm uh, John T. Stockdale. I'm the head of the School of Music here at the Victorian College of the Arts. I see each of the heads of departments in turn, and they share with me their preferred list of students who they wish to accept for the following year, and they would provide them to me in a ranked order. I then have to weigh up where the distribution of those CSP places should go. Where are we? Well, we're just approaching the office of Moako Abe, who's our head of strings. And I'm just about to tell Moako the outcomes of the deliberations of how many students we're going to be able to make an offer of a Commonwealth-supported place to. Oh, hi, Moako. How are you? How are you? <laughs> well, I know you were rather nervous because yes. you, you wanted to grow the department. And I'm going to offer all 23 a CSP place. Fantastic. <laughs> That's unbelievable. <laughs> this represents a growth of 13 students or so yes, in yes. the string department, so that's oh, really good news. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Well, I will start bringing up students. <laughs> Thank you. Hi. Is that Katrina? Yes, it is. Hello. Uh, this is Miwako Abe from the VCA. You are accepted. Oh, so. awesome. That's great. <laughs> Thank you. So you have... If, if there was one really important point that should be made about the whole audition process, whether it's here or anywhere else, because this place is quite hard to, well, it is hard to get into, a lot of our successful students think that they really nailed it by getting in here. And uh, one of the points that we have to make to some of our first years is this is just the beginning. 
If you're in for the long haul, this is really just the beginning. The degree courses are really less like a stepping stone. And when the students get to third year, we're usually advising them, look, you need to continue studying. You need to do postgraduate study or maybe you need to go overseas, you know, this sort of thing, because really three years or four years is, in most cases, will not do it for them. It's not long enough, regardless of how talented they are. You usually need a bit longer than that to get the skills. That commitment, that determination, you have to have it. And things don't change much when you leave here. I mean, as soon as you're out there, rather than having the place to go to every day, music becomes this amazing and scary world of self-motivation where all of a sudden you're solely responsible for the structure of your life. I've read various examples of great musicians, Bill Evans, for instance, saying, I thought that if I sat at the piano and just got really good, one day someone would tap me on the shoulder and say, we want you, and that actually did happen to him. <laughs> but nowadays, so many people can play well that it's more about, okay, you can play well, but now you have to be heard. It says, Dear Sophie, following your recent audition for the Bachelor of Music and combined degrees, we advise that while you may not receive an offer in the first round because... Um, well, it was a bit of a crap day, actually. It started off pretty blandly, and then I got the Melbourne Uni notification, which was really ambiguous, and I don't, I don't really understand it. What I understand at the moment is that there's... Well, Melbourne's out of the picture. Because <laughs> yesterday I got... I just received um, a letter from the VCAA, which is the Victorian Curriculum, they? they're the Victorian Certificate, no, Victorian Curriculum and Assessment And Authority. they were sending me my statement of results. And so I've just found out that I actually failed Year 12. Yeah. And so, yeah, I was just sitting there feeling really sorry for myself and then I got a call. Hello? Hello, is that Sophie? And I didn't actually recognise who it was at first. Yeah. Yeah, this is Miwako Abe from the College of the Arts. And I think I was a bit worried at that point. Oh, hi. hi. How are you? Good, how are you? I'm uh, good. <laughs> um, Sophie, we want to offer you a uh, place for next year. Hex oh place. My <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God, I can't, I just, mm. yeah, I'm honoured, so thank you. Uh, pleasure and... Uh, I thought that Sophie is very good. So she responded such a humble way. I feel that she's going to get to do very well. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I'm, I am, I do, and I felt really elated. I, I, I literally, like, ran to my room and started being quite sort of jumping around, and I was sort of myself just going vocal in my <laughs> glory. Because <laughs> of all the crap that I've had to do with this school and with all this other stuff and, you know, exams and stuff, I was just, like, felt like I'd really not, not just proven something to myself, but I'd sort of... You know, in getting in, in getting in, it was like making a bit of a of a statement to all those teachers and to everything and to all the crap. In relation to those who audition and are successful at getting institutions, that's just the beginning of a journey.
It isn't a confirmation of success in the profession. It's a validation at that point, at the beginning of a tertiary experience, that um, we think that the people we interview have the potential to sustain a career. And uh, we can't expect that everyone who we train, who may be aspiring to become an elite performer, will actually become an elite performer at the top of the profession. It is a journey. People change and transform over their lives, just as we all have. If I was to look back down the line and say, would I imagine I'd have been doing the job that I'm doing now in the role, the answer would have been no. Things happen in your life that change the direction. You decide to pursue different things that suddenly become of greater interest to you and start to pull you away from the thing that you perhaps aspired to do in the first instance. You could say on the one hand, why should people have a music education when there are so few music jobs out there? And indeed it's true, and of course, if you're training good singers, not all of them are going to get top employment. Certainly not in Australia, they may have to go overseas. There are absolutely no guarantees when you know a student gets through this course. But on the other hand, having a music degree and doing really well and having that kind of discipline and dedication that you need for a music degree could easily serve you very well in any number of fields. Some people become radio reporters and others art administrators. But hopefully most of them will be singing still in a few years. <laughs> If people listen to this and they're wondering, well, you know, can I do it or not, I'd always say, well, if your heart's in it, then you should follow your heart as far as you can, because that's something maybe that we don't encourage enough, that people can have a, some sort of dream that really seems almost impossible and that we could actually allow them to follow, you know, and, and actually help them, support them in doing it. And that's really sort of what we do here. We have a lot of people who are dreaming about something and they're trying to become that. It's a great thing to be able to do that. So I'd encourage people to do that in whatever area they're in. Yeah, that's it. <laughs>
kind of the boss of all instruments. There's nothing wrong with a flute, a guitar, but a piano, it's like right there in front of you. It's like 31 flavors. ReSound is a production of Chicago Public Radio and the Third Coast International Audio Festival. I'm Delaney Hall, filling in for Gwen Maxi. The program is curated by Johanna Zorn and Julie Shapiro of the Third Coast Festival. You can hear today's program at thirdcoastfestival.org, where you can also hear hundreds of outstanding documentaries from around the world and subscribe to our podcast. Lead support for the Third Coast Festival is provided by the Richard H. Driehaus Foundation, with additional funding from the National Endowment for the Arts, American Airlines, and Chicago's Navy Pier. The Third Coast Festival is also supported by Stephen Gross of Real Life Weddings. Music for ReSound is provided by Reckless Records in Chicago. If you want to contact us, we would love to hear from you. Email us at resound at thirdcoastfestival.org. ReSound returns next week with more radio that you can't hear anywhere else unless you live everywhere else. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.